Um, I was just looking on Crutchfield to see if Focal had a very, very expensive pair of speakers. Oh, I gotcha. Because they have this one, they might be only 30K. Well, I say that like only, but I thought they had a $100,000 pair, but I could be wrong. But they have these one crazy ass looking speakers that are fucking massive. Like, I don't think they, they're probably as tall as this room. And that shit's fucking crazy. They might be only 30K. So yeah, you can get a fucking pretty nice used vehicle for thirty G's. I mean, damn. Yeah, I only paid seventeen five for there my you go, car, dude. Fucking crazy. Oh, there Shit. they are. Oh, yeah, they do have a hundred thousand dollar pair. Hundred and forty thousand dollars. Yeah, see inflation. They went up. Oh, I've seen those before. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They have yeah. that crazy kink to them. Yeah, they're called the Utopias. Yep. 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 These are the grand utopias. One thirty nine. So the utopias are thirty grand and the fucking grand utopias are hundred and forty? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, the Utopia Evo is thirty seven thousand nine hundred and ninety nine. So those would be the budget model. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. And the Focal Grand Utopia EM Evos are one thirty nine nine ninety nine. I want to see what, like, the specs on them are. Some of the designs, the driver designs are amazing, though, too, if you, like, really look into them. And they have, like, breakdowns of them in certain publications. Yeah. It's pretty cool. They're cool how they have that kink, but, like, you would need a really big room. Right, to utilize To allow those speakers to fill up. And never fucking be able to breathe in anything I had of our own. Yeah. Oh, no, I wouldn't even let people in the bedroom. I'd take pictures in the room and then walk out and show them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or open the door and be like, you can stand here and listen. Everybody has to wear silk gloves, a mask, a face shield. Yeah, where's the fun in that? Wow. They have 1,458 possible adjustments for total sound personalization. 11-inch mid-bass driver, 6.5-inch mid-range, some super fancy tweeter that... How big's the tweeter? Holy shit. It's actually like a normal-sized tweeter, but it has a bandwidth from 1 to 40 kilohertz and then a low... Low end of 580 hertz, which is crazy yeah, for a that's tweeter. That's, that is nuts. 580 for fucking a high end. Fuck, I don't even have speakers that go even close to that low. For 140 grand, man, I hope not. Oh, I would have thought they'd be more. Um, the frequency range is 18 hertz to 40 kilohertz, which 40 is really fucking good, but I just. I've seen speakers cheaper with the same range. Right, right. But obviously it's not the same hardware. Or design. Oh, okay, and they have, they have different filtering frequencies at 80 hertz, 220, and 2300. <laughs> and holy fuck, they weigh 584 pounds oh, a piece. Oh, shit, that's big-ass drivers, dude. It's uh, 80 inches tall by... 
25 and 3 quarters by 34 and 5 eighths. So 25 and 3 quarters wide and probably 34 and 5 eighths deep. It's like 3 feet deep. It's over 6 feet tall. Was it 80 inches? Yeah. Well, 79 and okay, yeah. 13, 16, but you might as well call it. Six and a half feet, give or take. Yeah. That's pretty fucking massive. But you think they'd be even is, taller. But. Yeah, they look way bigger. But that's, I mean, I'm 6'4", so that's a big speaker. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it from a sitting position. That shit would tower over you. Yeah, and the curve kind of, uh-huh. like, meets your face uh-huh. to it. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty cool. I'd like to hear them. There's listening rooms set up in certain areas like paragon audio i know i've heard i've never been there but i've heard people talk about it in ann arbor oh that's dope where they have macintosh listening rooms and probably focal listening rooms and bowers and wilkins and whatever if i can make it to like um buying whatever macintosh shit i want i'll i can stop there as far as expense goes because that shit's expensive to me yeah, you can... But it's still, like... It's, it, like, the highest end I think I can make, like, realistically. Or that you're willing to go to right, for right, now. Right, Unless you, like, hit the lottery or something. But, yeah, even even that, I don't know if I would... I mean, I'd probably do something like, well, I'm going to buy this $100,000 fucking amp just to see the difference. But... You can get I a make, really nice Mac amp for, like, between... Five and ten grand, depending on what, like what model you're going oh, right. to. Like you know that one that. But most people buy amp with that, so they buy two. So you're thinking you got to think six to. That's what I mean. Or five like, to ten grand is what I just said. You can get a setup for with speakers. So it'd be like twenty k for just the two amps, and then you got to run speakers that are. Capable of having that. Their super audio transport is the shit. Like, all that shit glows and it all fits nicely. Yeah. Yeah, I have the Pioneer Elite for super audios, and then my Oppo also does super audio. I have no super audios. I know, I gotta gotta get you into it. It's really cool. The multi-channels are so fun. I just got, I want to get to the reel-to-reel shit. Yeah. Which I saw one in Grayling. That was in nice shape. I forget the exact model number. Maybe it was like a GX 30 something. Super clean. Yeah. Yeah. Super clean. And it was like 550. And I'm like, man, how about like 50? You know, (laughs) find a fucking deal somewhere. You can, but it's, they're very. Few and far between, that's oh, for yeah, sure. Because most of them don't work, or they were never like upkept to where they will work. <laughs> so you got to do all this repair. You got to find somebody that knows how to repair them. Thankfully, we have a guy that yeah. knows how to repair them. I don't know, man. They're definitely a finicky fucking machine, from my understanding. They are fun, though. Fuck yeah. I know a dude that had one I worked with uh, back in the day. I don't even remember if it worked or not, but the shit looked cool as fuck sitting on his, like, entertainment center, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't use mine a ton, but when I get something 
worth ripping to a tape reel like when i borrowed john's uh mono miles yeah, davis yeah, yeah, yeah. and the blue train and that stuff i ripped them to tape reel and i've done like some opeth shit and i think i did i did my mobile fidelity miles davis and i think i did erica badu or amy winehouse or something like that right on yeah, and then one I was, like, making a mix with where you just record one track, pause the recording, throw, oh, on, right a, on. throw on a different record, put something else on. Yeah, that'd be fun. Be, like, making a big-ass comp tape. Yeah. And then I have some reels of, like, mono Pink Floyd and stuff. But yeah, that's dope. It's albums that I like less than others. Gotcha. And, all, and that's the other thing I've seen. Like, would be the like late sixties, early seventies. Reels are so fucking expensive. Like for you know, if you wanted like, I don't know, like a Jimi Hendrix, are you experienced? Shit like that, I believe, is pretty fucking expensive, isn't it? Yeah, I don't even have any like actual album. I just have blank tapes that were recordings. Of. Yeah, 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 gotcha. So, like, that Pink Floyd is a mono source recording, but gotcha. I don't have the actual reel that it came on. I've never even... The only ones I've seen here, I've seen Carol King. Yep, Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin. And, like, one or two other singers that were kind of in that same realm. I remember John Rivers. That was kind of weird. Yep. And then we had, like, a bunch of big band ones and shit. yeah. But I've never seen, like, Black Sabbath. Or, oh, yeah, I've only seen that shit on eBay. Yeah, I've seen it in pictures, I've seen it, like, in videos, eBay, whatever, but I've never seen one here. Yeah, definitely something. Um, it's like another hobby down the road, keep in mind, you know? It's like music shit, it's like never-ending. Yeah. You can always fucking... There's always one format you're missing. Yeah, dude. Because after you cover all the obvious, you can move on to mini-discs. Yeah. Which, um, mini disc players, like, uh, not the portable ones, but like the component ones, I've noticed those are starting to rise in price, which is strange. We've had two of them here yeah, lately, yeah. like back to back. We got one one week and one another week. No and shit. I was like, what the fuck? You never see these. Where are yeah, you guys sweet. getting these? I like that port. I like my little portable one. But the thing that sucks is. It's hard to find mini discs, and those yeah, are another thing that are really expensive. Like, oh seen, yeah, uh, if you get actual ones, like yeah. the same thing. I only have like burnt copies of shit. I've seen Nazilmatic mini discs. Mm -hmm. It's like four hundred bucks. Same thing. I've seen like weird, like I think it was Mariah Carey's like second album. Might even been her first album. This shit. Same thing. It was like four hundred bucks. Yeah, because they probably only made yeah. a slight amount of them, and then moved on from there. But the uh, the downside is, and maybe somebody will fix it someday, but the software to put shit on the mini disc is out of date, and it can't you can't upload anything to it. Oh yeah. And I don't. I searched a little bit, but I don't think there's anything you can do about that without doing like some major hardware fucking work, maybe. Which then, what's the point? <laughs> There's a unpacking manual for those speakers. Oh, that's dope. 
Because they probably come in a big fucking crate and you need a crowbar to get them out. Yeah, you, well, you need a drill. And then you have to assemble the head of the speaker on, which it shows takes three people. Well, for 140 grand, man, you think they'd send somebody with Yeah, them? no shit. They'd send another, a third guy, or a third box yeah, with a guy yeah, in yeah. it that you unbox. Pops out. Pops out, and he's like, hey, I'm from Focal. I'm here to install <laughs> your shit. Be dope. Well, as usual, I'm going to uh, take a piss real quick here. Okay. Welcome back. Well, anyway, it's going <clears> to... <throat> Before you say that... What? <laughs> after... So I was reading this unpacking manual while you were in the bathroom. Right, right. It takes a minimum of three people to install the head on the speakers, which is like the topmost curve part. Yeah, yeah. And a minimum of four people to unbox it. And there's like multiple things that say, be very careful when tipping the loudspeaker and when adjusting the spikes with your hands. Risk of injuries will puncture your hand, blah, Fuck blah, blah. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, the foot spikes probably go right through you. Yeah. That would be fucked. Be so if anybody buys uh, some focal grand utopias and you need a fourth person, I will be your fourth. I just want to see them, like, in person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I will also help you with the stipulation that if anything happens to them while I'm there, it is not my fault and you need to sign a paper. Oh, yeah. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just, oh, no, I was just, I'm just thinking, geeking dude. out over this manual, figuring out what all this is. That um, Detroit Jazz City album, like I think the second side was better than the first. Yep, I and, agree. Uh, the first side sounded very um, white, I thought. Like the singing really cheesed it out, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was very... Like up-tempo, cheese-dick, white people jazz. Yeah. I mean, that's what it sounded like to me. But then on the second side, it I had really the liked more, the piano and shit. The Motown feel yeah. to it. Yeah. I like that shit. And then uh, the Paula... Is it Paula Greer? Like G-R-E-E-R? -E -E I think it's just Greer. Okay, well, I like the... Oh, what the fuck? It's the fifth song on there. Better than the sixth, which are the two that she sang on. And uh, I can't, I'd have to look at the album to get the name of the fucking song. But other than that, it's like, it was okay. <laughs> There's also precautions for the tweeters because the tweeters contain beryllium domes and are toxic if they're removed from the original environment. It's yeah. kind of cool. That your speakers could kill you. Yeah, legitly, <laughs> dude, that is pretty cool. It'd be like, what, if you punctured it or something? Yeah, or if you move it. Up. I think it turned, because there's a lot of things, like if contact with eyes or if inhalation, so I think if you puncture it, it contains dust or turns oh, to dust right or something. On. And you can't, like if they, it says if they have to be serviced, you have to remove it, put it in a secured Thing that Focal sends you and they send it back and forth because it's a toxic thing. See, that's probably expensive as fuck to ship. I mean, for that price. I don't know, man. I think I'd, you know, honestly. I think all that I would bullshit, assume that I'd they're... buy something else. 
I assume that they're lifetime warrantied. God, I'd fucking hope so. I wonder how many. Can you find out how many they sell? No. Because I mean, it's like that old that old argument of like, okay, is it better to sell a hundred and forty thousand dollars speaker speakers like you know ten times or, or uh, forty dollars speakers ten million times? Right. Yeah. I would go with the $40 speakers 10 million times. Because the people buying them speakers are probably fucking pompous dicks anyway. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. It's like if you can put them in a... Yeah. Even... Give me all the 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 broke people that are like, we want to listen to ACDC in the garage. Fucking A-right, dude. And they'll spend 20 bucks on speakers all day long. Yeah. All right, I suppose we should get into the actual episode here. What are we doing again? I don't know. We're just going to talk about some... Um, oh, that's right. Like the some bands that came before the Ramones had influence on the Ramones. I don't know what we were listening to lately. It's whatever, man. The pioneering punk bands. Yeah, kind of. Like the... Be like the Stooges. Yeah. Um, MC5. The Sonics. Yep. The Sonics. Question mark in the Mysterious... Mysterios. Mysterians. Thank you. <laughs> and uh oh there's a couple other ones something. Um uh Velvet Underground. Yeah, New York Dolls. Anyway, New York Dolls. Um I fucking love I the Stooges. The Kinks kind of cuz yeah, they're a little in that, bit. they're that garage rock sort of sound. I'm not really a big Kinks fan. I like like they have songs and shit I like, but it's not something I really go out of my way to listen to that often. Right. Velvet Underground, I hardly listen to. It. Oh, like, I, I'm, I like I love that. I'm familiar with it just from movies and books right, and things right. like that. Well yeah, it's it's like ingrained in that pop culture time. Yeah. But I mean you gotta listen to those records in time. Like First Stooges album came out in 1969. So think about what was out in 69 and what was like hip and then listen to that and it's like completely from like it'd be like nothing you've ever fucking heard before, you know? Comparing the Stooges to Velvet Underground? No, no, no. I mean like to the popular music of the oh, time like yeah, yeah. You know, your Janis Joplin's and Jimi Hendrix and like no, I'm not saying that shit's bad cuz that shit's awesome too. But it's just so fucking far ahead, the Stooges. And they only had, originally, they only had three albums. The Stooges, Funhouse, Raw Power, and then there's an ass ton of bootlegs. There's a ton of live bootlegs. Yeah, which I'd, I love trying to get them all, you know, it's a, it's a chore. Some of them are great, and some of them yeah. sound like a wet butt. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, dude. And it kind of depends on the condition of Iggy himself, really. Yeah. I mean, you think it'd be the How far along into his addiction yeah. and shit he was. Yeah, I would say Funhouse is my favorite album. But I gotta... Because they sound like a different band when they get... Uh, James in the band as a second... Or as a guitar player, and then Ron gets switched to fucking bass, which is still odd to me. But yeah, the fucking I would have song, to. Yeah, the songs on that fucking record, though, are, like, tits. 
Yeah, I would have to agree with Funhouse. It, it'd be a toss-up between Funhouse and Raw Power, depending on the day. Right, the first right. album's great, too, but it got a lot more raw and dirtier, the, the following to after those. Yeah, I think... And they definitely... I think Funhouse is... Yeah, it's like... It's just that much more... They definitely kicked out the jams. Um, <laughs> That's MC5. Yeah, but they definitely, like, picked out the MC5 influence and full force put it on the second record. Because the first one, it does have um, a lot of touches of it and stuff, but it still is kind of a little more mellow in a lot of spots. Well, they're contemporaries, so... I just think that with the MC5 and the Stooges, it's a they're contemporary, so they each have their own sound. And with the Stooges, I think they brought a more street. I mean, sort of the MC5. I don't know. So anyway, um, yeah, the Stooges. They had like three legit records, broke up, and. Everybody went their separate ways for a really long fucking time. And then in 2007, they got back together and put out The Weirdness, which some people were like, oh, this is fucking awesome. And some people thought it sucked. I'm one of those people that thought it was fucking awesome. There's the, um, yeah, The Weirdness. I don't know if I've ever listened to it. I uh, um, There's this one Iggy record, though, that we have up front. I can't remember. Well, it's a CD. I can't remember the fucking name of it, but it's just Iggy Pop singing the dumbest songs. Oh, dude. Like With Iggy, there's like... I think there's one like Pussy Palace or something on there. That's awesome. And it's just so like bad. Yeah, he has like... It's funny funny because it's gimmicky. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like post-pop depression. Oh, that's that's amazing. It's a great record. Um, and he does have other good solo projects too, but yeah, is he definitely had some fucking weird ones, but yeah. that record, me and Steve put it on one day here and we were just listening to it like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Cause there was like, you know how like Lou Reed sings on some stuff and it's just very flat and boring yep, sometimes. Yeah. It sounded exactly like that, but just like, like Iggy just rolled out of bed and was like. I'm gonna sing this what song year was it? to you. I don't remember. Because that, obviously, the time period's gonna have a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's so hit and miss. And I've seen, like, re, like when they repress them, and they've done, like, let's say, I'm, I'm sure they've done them all now, but it's like, dude, you don't want to pay fucking $30, $40 for a MoFi copy of fucking Instinct. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, it's not that good. It might have its moments, but I don't know. I like the... See, I wouldn't want a really polished, clean copy of a Stooges record because it's not supposed no. to have that sound. Like, there are things that are supposed to have that sound. Like, you want to give me a clean, polished, steely Dan? Cool. Right, right. That sounds good that way. I don't want to hear clean cut Iggy because he probably sounds like shit. I want to hear oh, yeah, I dirty, fucking noisy, loud, screaming, groovy, punky Iggy. Like not clean I like cut the Iggy. 
So they re Iggy remastered it in '97. Bowie was the original fucking yeah of of raw power, and I fucking had that, hate like, the Bowie fucking. Mix. Yeah, it wasn't that good because he cleaned it up too much. It's fucking horrible. I like how dirty the old one sounds. Yeah, they, like I, I don't listen to the I don't want one. the record itself to be all crackly and dirty, but the mix that's in the record, I want that raw sound to it. Like I want to hear fucking raw power yeah, sound raw, not. This is clean cut power coming to you live, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lyri- lyrically too, man. Raw powers. Well, they're all the shit. I want to be your dog from the first one. TVI on the second one. Even loose, like I don't know. Loose is the shit. I want to go deep inside because I'm loose. It's fucking dirty, dude. I love it. TVI's the shit. But and some of those like screams and random yelps that he does in the songs, like. They oh, help. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, help yeah, yeah. you get into the authenticity and feel of the song. Like it helps you get amped up. Like you're not, you know, you don't sit down and just fucking chill. And well, and another, you know, okay. Obviously, we're from Michigan, so like the Stooges, MC Five. Yeah, outside fucking... of Michigan, and people that weren't around in that time. The MC5 is not too popular. Yeah, I wouldn't think. I mean, they they definitely are very uh, underrated. But they're like a Michigan staple. Right. Like, everybody's, you go to Michigan, yeah. everybody's heard of them right. that's into that style of music. But, or at least if you've heard of the Stooges, you've heard of MC5 in Michigan. Yeah, I would but say you that's go out, fair. you go outside of Michigan... You know, maybe yeah, maybe you Indiana, Ohio, and like the immediate areas, you probably know a little. But for the most part, like you don't hear MC5 being tossed into the same documentaries as the Stooges, depending on who's making that documentary, which they fucking should be, because that's the band that directly influenced the Stooges to do what they do. Speaking and of documentaries, Iggy's even said that "Gimme Danger" is a probably the best documentary I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, me and my kid watch that. Yeah. So, check that out. Also, another good fucking book about um, the Stooges at that time is called uh, Please Kill Me. Yeah, that's the one that Legs McNeil did. Yep, yeah. that's, that's really good. And that, you know, about that time period, so then you can... They have the kind like, of bullshit, like, he was living that shit, like... Yeah. And that, that, that's what I mean, the authenticity of Iggy... I like that one story so about it. when they went under that one bridge in Ann Arbor and it took out yeah, the top of their yep. van, and you can still see it today, yep. like where it's fucked up at. And they never got fucking pinched for it. Yep. Crazy. But yeah, the MC5 definitely are, uh, I guess I don't know outside of Michigan because I don't hang out outside of Michigan, but like... Yeah, I'm just going from what I've observed I, talking I to other totally people outside of Michigan. Like... Unless there could be super like fans. Yeah, yeah. They, like, you dig into music right. for even you don't even have to dig that far past the Stooges. Really, that's probably the next thing you're gonna find after that. Right. But people who do dig probably know. But for the most part, it's not as it's not a household name. I guess is what would be the easiest way right, to put right, that. Right. Right. Outside. Yeah. Definitely. Well, when Iggy was in fucking movies and shit, man. Like. Yeah. So. Him alone brought, you know, the Stooges up. But ask anybody outside of Michigan who else is in the Stooges besides Iggy. 
Yeah, that's true. And they're true. not going to say fucking Ron, Ron Ashton Scott, or yeah. Scott Ashton, right, or Dave Alexander. So I think, I mean, whatever. But um, I would like, we could cover the Stooges uh, more in depth if anybody wants to. But because uh, we could probably, I could talk like for hours about the Stooges, I think. And not all of it may be uh, true. So who do you who do you think started the raw punk sound? Ron Ashton and fucking Scott Ashton. Straight up. Fucking three chords, simple beat, and those two obviously they're brothers and they just they made it work. Yeah. That's in my that's like in my opinion. Now you could ask somebody else and they're going to tell you fucking MC5 or they're going to tell you the Velvet Underground or they're going to tell you, yeah. you know. See, I think MC5 definitely had all the ingredients for the sound, but I think the Stooges brought the punk performance. Right. Like stage presence-wise. Well, and the other because, thing, too, with the MC5, they're on that political kick. Yeah. So once you do that and align yourself like that, it sometimes, like, it, it fucking, you lose a lot of fans that way, man. And especially in that time. Pick up where we left off. Because there's going to be a... Gap. A weird gap. Well, let's from just go... Whatever the last word we left off mm-hmm. on was, for people listening, we paused in the middle of an episode... And are picking it back up now. So if there's a point in time in the episode you're listening halfway through and you're like, that made zero fucking sense, I'll try to edit it out. But if it follows through weird, then whatever. Here's your here's your disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. We're just going to go back. I just want to talk about MC5. MC5's Kick Out the Jams. Um, just that song in particular is, is um, and I mean, it's held very highly in all, like, punk rock, hardcore, metal, any sort of, like, rebellious kind of shit, man. It's been covered a lot, and I'm going to tell you how many. That beginning line where he screams, kick out the jams, motherfucker. Yeah. I think that was also very important to punk rock. Oh, yeah, it's the first time motherfucker was, like, recorded, dude. You know how Ramones do the one, two, three, four thing? Yeah. That was, like, just as iconic. Yeah, I agree. But in the MC5 staple. Yep. And I know, and when haven't you heard, like, kick out the jams, dude? Or yeah. whatever, you know? That's People what say from. that and probably don't even know where it came Fuck from. No, they're idiots. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot that do or whatever, but I guarantee there's people that have said kick out the jams and have no idea what yeah, it where actually it originated from. from. Yep. Um. American Nightmare does a cover. It's fucking amazing. I've heard, um, you know that cover band Brass Against, that girl that peed on somebody? Her uh, name's so- Sophia Eurista. She peed on somebody and her last name is Eurista? Yeah, That's yeah. pretty I, cool. I thought it was ironic and funny, but I think I, I'm pretty sure I sent you the video when it happened. She was covering a Rage Against the Machines song. Dude came on oh, stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I know what you're yeah, talking about. And he pissed on her, yeah. or she pissed on his face. Yeah. That band does a really cool cover of Kick Out the Jam. I might have to look that up. They do, the band's called Brass Against, and they do all brass instrumentation cover songs. Gotcha. And then Sophia sings, but she can sing. Like her voice is really, really good. And she's hot. So there's that too. Brass Knuckles. 
brass against. Why did I say knuckle? Because it goes like peanut butter and jelly. It does. But they've done like oh, a bunch yeah, of. Dude. They were on in. Tool or cover. God damn it! They were on tour with Tool, and it's they cover. Twister. Yeah, I threw out three words in the incorrect order there. But they cover like a lot of Rage Against the Machine shit. They've done Tool. They've done, and they do have some originals too. Um, she sings this one song, Queen of the Road, and I don't know if it's a cover or not, but it's a really good song. Right on. Well, on uh, Bing, I typed in Brass AG, and Brass Against P is the first thing that pops up. They took the video down. I can't find... There was the full uncensored video yeah. where, like, it looked like the girl drank a gallon of water because she peed forever, and the guy was just there, like lapping it up. Oh, I'm like, dude, that's crazy. fucking gross. <laughs> like, some but, people are. But at the same time, dude. I was like, that's so punk rock. Right. Yep. Let's not forget. And then I remember Gigi. her apology was like, I, I, I can't remember word for word what it was, but it was so like vague that it was just like, Sophia's not normally like this. We're sorry. <laughs> and, like, I was yeah, like, like, she, she just, didn't even apologize. She just waterboarded this guy with her bladder. Yeah, it's so fucking funny. Blue Oyster Cult does a cover of Kick Out the Jams. Really? It's, yeah, it's on Some Enchanted Evening. And uh, That's to be honest, I've never heard it. That's the one with the horse on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I never heard it. I never listened to that version either. And we have that record here, too. I've seen it like a million times, and I don't yep. know that. I didn't know that that was on there. I'm going to have to pay more attention to it. Me too. Uh, there's a. am trying to see like some... Notable bands yeah. that did covers. I want to say Rage Against the Machine did, yeah. did a cover. Yep. Well, I have a side story to that. Um, another uh, Somebody I know who's, and I see this a lot, with Rage Against the Machine. And people are like, oh, man, I fucking love Rage, blah, blah, blah. But they're super, like, they don't listen to the words or something, dude. I don't know. Ignorant to what the yeah, message is. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah. oh, this thing's full. And, yeah, and it's like. I've heard that with a lot of bands what where people fuck? either like or dislike, mm-hmm. and it's like they don't read into what is being said. It's just the music that like plays as background noise in their head, yeah. and they don't actually feel out what's... Remember that one movie, Role Models, where uh, yeah. dude's like, you can't actually hear Jimmy White Boy or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't read into what he's saying. And it's the same with Zach De La Roca. Like, if you don't read into the message, and it, you're not going to get it. What's well, the point in listening to a band that has a message to put out like that and not interpreting the message? No, it happens all the time. Because there's tons of bands that are great musically, that their lyrics are whatever. I'm a big lyric dude. I yeah. mean, I just, on that particular album, it's all covers. So this particular person I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, that's like, the the Renegades funk yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the ghost of Tom Jones playing like, man, this is a killer fucking this is a god this is a killer fucking rage song. I'm like yeah, it's not, dude. Yeah, it didn't even a rage then, song. Yeah, and they'll argue with But me. that is a great album. It is like a, I love I love Renegades of Funk. Yo, another cool fucking songs on it, but and one of them's kick out the jams and they do um a very I like their cover of it too. Yeah, I like Zach's band prior to Rage. A oh, lot. Inside Out. Yeah. Yep. They've been um, repressing that a lot. I mean, to where 
you can get it fairly reasonable. Yeah, I remember years ago, you couldn't get it at oh, all, and it, it was, was just like sky you high. could only get the seven inch. I think. Yep. Holy Grail, you know. It's like that Judge King Jung can suck it album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a $5,800 record or some shit. It's probably more by now. That was a few years ago that was that. Dude, I remember talking about that when I was, fuck, dude, like probably 15, 16 years old. We would talk about that particular. Yeah. You know, I know a guy that who's found got that one. that fucking seven inch, you know? I know one that, a dude that found one in Indiana at a thrift store for 50 cents. That's dope. And I don't know what he did with it because he was a raging fucking alcoholic and he probably destroyed it or something, that which sucks. sucks. But it's crazy that he found it for 50 cents. Yeah, it is fucking gnarly. So anyway, yeah, I guess uh, they're just going off on some shit. The B-side is Motor City Burning. I like that song. I think that song's really tight. Like, I listen to that more than Kick Out the Jams now. Yeah. And uh, Ramblin' Rose, which is not an MC5 song, but... I mean, they play it, but it's not written by them. And it's fucking dope. And I, I keep think we shit. already said this prior to... Not this. I was oh. going to say that the MC5 outside of Michigan isn't too well known, oh, which yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure I said earlier. Yeah, um... My uh, old lady, though, said that she didn't learn about the MC5 till she lived out west when she was a kid. Isn't that weird? Really? Yeah. But uh, at at the same time, all the people that moved out west were from Michigan. Know, yeah. So, but she's like, she was like maybe 18 or whatever at the time. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of funny, you know. But makes sense. They're Michigan Alpena people from like Ann Arbor, you know. Detroit. That'd be the obvious difference for people out there that don't know. The Stooges were from Ann Arbor. Yeah. MC5 De- was MC5 from Detroit, Detroit. Motor City 5, you know. And there's, there's a still... big fucking difference between Detroit and Ann Arbor for people out there that have never been to either city. And you just think, you know, if they, yeah. the Stooges are from Detroit, it, it, there's a big fucking difference between those two. Well, that's like that thing where a lot of people that live in Detroit, like if you live in Wyandotte or Taylor yeah, or you live Troy, Detroit. you live in Detroit, right. but really you don't. Right. It's it's the outskirts of Detroit, yeah, and I guess it's, some of it could be considered metro Detroit. Like Hamtramck is pretty much fucking Detroit. Like it that's runs right through I would through say it. that's Detroit. Yeah, and Dearborn is Pretty well, I mean, fucking it's like Dearborn, it's Hamtramck. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But, but it's like Ann Arbor. Like Ann Arbor, no, it's like away. a yeah, it's like forty minutes up. Right, and people don't like. I guess you know it'd be for us. It probably can... goes the same if you're in L.A. though, and there's probably like I'm not super familiar with right. all the suburban areas of L.A., but there's probably a ton of them too, where people just lump it into L.A. Right, right. Like Orange, same with, I'm sure, Orange County. Yeah, I'm sure New York is the same too. Well, There's, yeah, all the birds. All the, any major city, I guess, you're going to get lumped into. Well, yeah, they just say you're from New York when really yeah. you're from fucking Long Island. And I think that makes a difference. It does. But me. saying Detroit is kind of like a musical staple. Oh, yeah, no. Because, like, to that, come from that history. It's perfect 
for advertisement. Yeah. I get it. To come from that history of music is almost like, oh shit, like you were around for the birth of Motown and right, punk rock right. and uh, hardcore and like, you know, all this other. Now, we can argue that point. So everybody's going to say that punk rock was either started in New York mm. or in London. And I think it was started in fucking Ann I think Arbor it was, in Detroit. Yeah, because the MC5 Stooges era would have well, been... They're, they're con- like, the Stooges are considered the godfathers of punk by most people nowadays. Yeah. And uh, you can't argue that shit, man. I like, mean, Iggy invented the fucking stage dive and just the crazy stage presence in general. Yeah, like, the peanut butter incident. Yep. And, like, wrapping microphone cords around your neck yep. and fucking doing that weird convulsing, twitchy shit that he does and just all the crazy shit that he's done. Yeah, he used to take his dick and slap it against the fucking PA. I thought that was pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah, and, I mean, the bands that, like, the Sex Pistols and um, the Business and uh, all the, the, damned, the, oh, damned, the, the UK damned. bands that... I mean, I guarantee if you went and asked them, their influences are the Stooges. Well, yeah, and think about it. If you even go back farther with the Brits, you go to the 60s and they're gonna they're biting on blues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it makes sense they'd be biting on that shit. Yeah. It sucks, though, in the pistol sense. Like, okay, when I was a kid, I mean, I, like, I fucking love Sid Vicious. And then you, you grow up and learn that he was just a fucking poster boy and he you know, yeah. couldn't play or whatever. And it's all image. He had the attitude and the image. Right. But he he couldn't play. And Yeah, yeah, he couldn't play shit. And he was only in that band because of that image. Yep. You know, so it's like, really, dude? I don't know. Like, once I found that out, it, my... Um, it kind of takes away from the... It takes away from the appeal of the Sex Pistols, yeah, for sure. It doesn't... Weird. I mean, they're still a great band. They still had, uh, you know, that... Fuck, they had great albums. All two of them, or three of them, or whatever the fuck they actually had. Well, yeah, and Steve Jones is an amazing guitar player. He yeah. actually he did a record with Iggy. I believe it's that uh, Instinct album. I think that's he plays guitar on that, which may be the high point of that album. But yeah, I remember. I think I either seen that in a documentary or read it in a book. Just about how Sid just lucked his way into the band. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's Which a lot there's out there about him. Tons of artists that that's happened with. The, uh, I don't have a list of them on the no, top of my fucking head, but I know I've heard of that happening multiple times before. Oh, yeah. Where were there, or like the record companies, like, you got to get rid of this dude because they're fucking ugly and we got this fucking dude yeah, that'll fit yeah. the dynamic better. Even though you've been friends with that guy for 20 years, you got to fucking kick him out. Yep. Yeah, this guy's in your band, but he doesn't fit the image that we're yeah. trying to sell. And so I think that obviously bring this guy in because he does less and less. Yeah, we can dub over his guitars and bring in his own shit and just sell him as a face instead of selling it as a musical group. I'm gonna. I'm pretty sure Steve Jones played the bass. Somebody else overdubbed the bass. Uh, never mind the Bullocks too. 
but I, I have to go back and see. I know a lot of the live shows that they played. Yeah, they just turned them down. They just turned them all the way down. Know, let him do his thing and cut himself on stage or whatever crazy shit he was doing, and it would amp up the crowd. But then they'd have the actual band or the, the music playing in the background. His bass would just be coming through the PA as it already recorded yeah. track. I heard it um, since we're kind of went into like the Sid fucking thing. I heard a story from Johnny Thunders from the Dolls, which is another fucking proto band, um, that, you know, and Sid was like uh, somebody he kind of looked up to, you know, mm-hmm. and, or Johnny, or Sid looked up to Johnny. And uh, so Sid is in, a, in New York, and he's been, you know, he's kind of known as this big fucking junkie now, you know, and... Uh, Imagine being known as like the biggest, as the big yeah, junkie. It would be horrible. That's such a shitty title to have. That's like king of shit mountain. Like no, it is legit. You might be a king, but like, and there's a bunch of them like throughout. And imagine being a worse junkie than Johnny Thunders. Yeah, too. that's horrible. Because like, he was awful. But here's where the funny part comes in: is instead of like shooting up. Johnny Thunder shot him down, uh-huh. and apparently Sid freaked the fuck out, and they're all laughing at him because they thought he was like some, you know, fucking whatever, like stick a needle in his dick junkie, and he right. really wasn't. So that was all fucking pushed image too, you know. So he kind of got into junk because it was like the cool thing to do, right. in the scene at the time. Yeah, and that's what I don't know. It's really I almost feel bad for the dude in a way, you know. I mean, you got to think he was really young when all this was happening yeah. so he's probably impressionable and trying to impress all these other musicians around him and i would imagine that if you can't play and you know that you can't play you're going to try to compensate for that in other areas to make yourself seem like that dude so the junkie thing was probably his outing for that have to be um new york dolls yeah, he was what? only fuck. I'm sorry about the Sid thing, but Sid was only 21 when he died. Yeah, like so he would have been 17, 18, hanging yeah. around right world class junkies. And they say your brain isn't even fully developed until you're 25. Yeah, especially if it's been rotten on junk for the last yeah. four or five years. So anyway, and alcohol and all this other shit that he was doing yeah, too. Yeah, it's fucking. Because uh, I mean, like the punk scene in New York. At that time, 70s, 80s, late 60s even, was like the jazz scene. Like everybody did heroin. Yeah, it was like, like you couldn't CBGBs play. CBGBs and you Ma- fucking yeah. do, I don't know, it's weird. CBs and Max's Kansas City were like Skid Row of New York. Yeah, and the, yeah, like the Alphabet City. Yeah. So, what do you want to go with the... I was just going to talk about New York Dolls Let's for do a it. minute. Johnny Thunders, one of my favorite guitar players ever. Uh, lead guitar. So if you had to pick between the Dolls and Sex Pistols, who would you choose? That's tough. I would but pick the Dolls because I the like dolls their sound now. more. You're right. I'd pick the Dolls. And I think just in general, they were a better band. Uh, they might not have gotten as big outside. In, in their own scene, they're huge. But right, again, and they're not a fucking household. Name. I think I think the pist I think the pistols would have been influenced by him, really. 
Yeah. Them and the Heartbreakers, too. But the Heartbreakers came, it would have been later yeah, than it was the Pistols. Um, the Dolls were formed in 71 in New York with yep. uh, David Johansson, Johnny Thunders, Arthur Kane, Sylvia Sylvian, and Jerry Nolan, who was later replaced by Rick Rivets and Billy Mercer. I mean, they just, they're, they're past members. There's like fucking 20 of them, 25 yeah. of them. But the, well, they, the ones I just mentioned, those, that's like, those are the main ones from that first album. That's just fucking amazing. Personality crisis. That's one of my favorite Dolls songs, yeah. even though it's one of the most popular songs. But I like, I'm just looking for a kiss to, yep. uh, pretty much that whole album, really. <clears throat> Their first, like, I don't know, two, three records, um, like the self-titled and then Too Much Too Soon. Those um, are the only two that they really put out? Yeah, they had like the few live albums too, like Red Patent Leather, yeah. and then they moved on to uh, uh, like the Heartbreakers became a project after they kind of started dispersing. Oh, yeah, and then uh, Cause David Johansson uh, turned into fucking Poindexter. I mean, that was his character. He got a hit on oh, the oh. I'd have to go back to that. but I thought you were just calling him a point Dexter. <laughs> no, he is the point. I believe that's yeah, the point Dexter, dude. Yeah, they Todd were Rundgren like... Todd Rundgren produced it, too. Oh, wow, that's so weird. Todd yeah. Rungdon actually has like a... Not only does he have a ton of albums, but his production credits are pretty yeah, crazy. Dude. But I didn't know about the New York Dolls thing. But they were kind of the band that was... I would say New York Dolls also helped inspire glam metal, too. Oh, for sure. Like Motley Crue and Poison and all those guys that were with the big hair, wearing tights and makeup and shit. Like, the Dolls were doing that in the 70s yeah, before those bands even 70s, came out. Wearing fucking high heels and girls' clothes and shit. Yep. And because, like, the replacements, laughing. they were, I remember, like, in the book, the... Uh, there was a bunch of photos of Paul Westerberg yeah. dressed up in drag and shit, yep. and that was because of New York Dolls. Yep. Yeah, they definitely um, another band that inspired across genres. So anybody out there needs to check out the first New York Dolls album. And the second, I would too. That yeah, was still just good too. New York Dolls, listen and love. And then move on to the Heartbreakers after that because they're... They don't really sound quite the same, but they do have that same feel to it. I think, yeah, just lyrically it's pretty close, but definitely, um, it's more uh, on the traditional sounding punk, yeah, kind of jangly guitar, power chords. Um, oh, what the fuck? I gotta think of the. I didn't know this prior to. Like, when I was compiling info for this episode, yeah. I didn't know that Richard Hell was in The Heartbreakers. Yeah, later on? Yeah, like, prior to forming um, Richard Hell and the no. Voivods. Yeah. And he was also in television. Didn't know either of those things. Because mm. I like Richard Hell. Like, Blank Generation is great. Yeah, that uh, song's the shit. But... I never knew that he was... I thought that was, like, his debut, his debut. sort of thing. Oh. It's kind of like Lou Reed and Velvet Underground. Yep. Like, and uh, I love Nico on that first album, too. That's another band, the under Velvet Underground, that are 
pretty influential on punk rock. Yeah. Um, and we I can do a whole I episode never, on the fucking underground. I think I said this when we were talking about it earlier, or prior to restarting this episode, but yeah. I never really got into Velvet Underground. Like, I've heard music from them, obviously, uh-huh. and I know enough to have a conversation. I just fucking don't really like Lou Reed, dude. No, like, see, I, I, uh, that's another, I like his writing, man. Yeah. And I can see why people don't, but I didn't really get, too like, I can heavy give him enough respect in the business. Right. You know, he innovated some shit, but he's just so fucking boring. Um, do you ever listen to the Transformer album? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fucking love that shit. Satellite. Never really got there. into it. But yeah, it's, it's like, been quite a while since I've listened to it. But like, I mean, I've had it here a bunch of times, and I've just played it out of boredom. Like sometimes yeah. you, I'll go back on something that originally I didn't like, and then go back years later, yeah, and listen and to it again, you. and then it clicks. Um, I tried that with Velvet Underground, and it just didn't click. Now see, I can play. I have the first three underground albums, and Velvet Underground albums, and I can play those all day, every day, no big deal. But then, there's only a few solo Lou Reed albums that I really like. Yeah. And then, the rest I'm I can you know do away with. Yeah, I could see that. You know, there's a lot of times where you have. Because I think Lou Reed blew up more in his solo career oh, than he did in Velvet Underground. Most definitely. Um, Velvet Underground is kind of like it got bigger after it was done. Because of the pop culture factor, right. too. Like the Andy Warhol aspect obviously definitely. had a lot of appeal to it from hipsters and shit. Yep. Uh, but he's one of those guys that he blew up after his group career, but I think his music got worse. Like, as it went on. And I haven't listened to all of his albums, obviously. Yeah. But from the shit I've heard, like, I've heard it enough in a timeline to get the gist of it. Now, do you think that the the writing is shittier or the music itself is shittier? Or think... everything's shittier? <laughs> I mean, it's just an opinion. He's, I... he's a voice to me, like... Uh... I'm picky about my voices. Oh, okay. And I don't like that fucking like boring monotone yeah, like he can't, voice I, that he has. Yeah, it's Yeah, that's definitely and I don't even want to say acquired taste. It's just You're either you're gonna looking, like it yeah, or you if don't. you're looking for like, a fucking Frank Sinatra, you're definitely yeah. in the wrong spot. Yeah. And he's not I'm not saying he's not talented or doesn't deserve his due credit. It's oh, just, you're just saying, his I voice don't fucking, fucking his voice, voice does, doesn't fucking click for me. There's people that are like that about Dylan, man. He's another one that like I like some of his music and shit, uh-huh. but it's something I hardly ever go oh, out of my yeah, way to listen to. Yeah, and I fucking I can listen to Dylan any time of the week, man. That's that's interesting. I'm just, glad we know this. To me, it sounds like he swallowed a kazoo. Oh, he definitely has it. And, you know. like, never coughed it back up. Yeah. Like, all the people around him were like, sorry, Bob, we don't know the Heimlich maneuver. Like, you're stuck <laughs> with this fucking... <laughs> oh, shit. Um, oh, another huge... I just want to say one thing. Um, another huge thing about the Dolls is fucking Morrissey from... 
The Smiths. the Smiths used to fucking write about them. That was his favorite band. He he would like write letters and reviews and send them to fucking publications and shit yeah. about how they weren't getting enough attention. And I always thought that that was interesting. That is interesting. I mean, especially coming from him because yeah. I've heard he's like a fucking asshole. And he did it. So I read a um, biography. Of him and a band book. I got. I was on a Smiths fucking obsession oh. there a few years ago. Uh, and um, I like the Smiths. It was, I just, it was when he lived with his mom. He he did that shit. It was like kind of right before the band. I remember I read Marilyn Manson's book in like seventh grade. Mm-hmm. I think he calls Morrissey a pussy like eight hundred times yeah. in the book. It's funny. Yeah, he's uh, Morrissey. As far as that goes, I'm not gonna go into him as a person. But musically, um, yeah, that shit's I cool. was great musically. They were, like, kind of the counterparts of The Cure in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say a couple, of, as far as the dolls go, what else did you have? Uh, we had, like, Ziggy Stardust came yeah. out around that time. Yep. And then T-Rex, Electric Warrior, Bang & Gong, uh, yeah, Get yeah, It Bang On. Gong, That's yep. fucking, that shit, I love that shit, too. Trying to think early seventies stuff. Yeah, Ramones weren't quite there yet. No, not yet. They were like mid. What year were the Dead Boys? Seventy. Seventy-seven. Seventy-six. I know that. Me and Steve were looking this up one day because we were trying to figure out if Nevermind the Bullocks came first or Young Loud and Snotty, and they were in the same year. The Damned, I believe, were considered the first ones to put out. What yeah. was considered a, the first punk rock album? Yeah, it was that one record that they all had cake all yeah, over. The damn, 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 damned or whatever. Yep, I like Machine Gun Etiquette more than that record, but that is a really good record still. Machine Gun Etiquette is fucking produced so much better, dude, and the, oh, even yeah. the songwriting's better. Really, they like yeah. That's one of those bands that fell into their groove better as they went on, I and agree. then kind of fell out of it again later on down and, that. And road. now they're like. As of right now, they're back into, the, like, my favorite era where he's fucking acting like a vampire and being goofy and shit. <laughs> anyway. Um, I feel like the kinks should have been thrown in this episode oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. 77 on the Young, Loud, and Snotty. Okay. I remember Nevermind the Bullocks was, like, October of 77, I okay. think. And Young, Loud, and Snotty might have even been the same month. That I'd have to... Dig a but I don't bit. remember if I could find that or not. But oh no, it came out in November. November? Yeah. Young Loud and Snotty did? Yeah. Or well then when did Nevermind the Bullocks come out? Oh. Was that November too then? Maybe it was November and not October. Let's um, find out. The Kinks though, I feel like they were important like with bringing in the power chords and that definitely the, the punk progression sound. Yeah, the three chords and the truth. And the Kinks are another band that I like. I'm not huge into. I like them, but don't love them type of thing. There's just so much. Just a ton of shit. There's like fucking a million albums to listen to, and it's it's almost like the Beatles. Like they have so many different sound progressions through their career that it's almost overwhelming if you're getting into them Uh just for the first time. Like, where the fuck do you start? Like me, I would start from the beginning just because that's what I do, but not everybody's like that. So 
as a person looking in, like they're like, oh, well, what fucking album did we start? They got 18, 20 albums or whatever. Yeah, that are all like greatest hits or best of or yeah. whatever the fuck. Okay, so never mind. The Bullocks came out October 28th. Okay. So it came out like a week before so fucking week. Yeah. the other one. Um, And did we touch on the Sonics at all? Not yet. Okay. But, you know, I almost want... I almost want to put them in like a, uh, we should like a more of a earlier garage. Garage rock. Yeah. yeah. Definitely influential on punk rock. Um, my I know favorite that, song is this, you know, I drink strict nine. I think that shit's hilarious. I know that like Jack White has them listed as a, influence? a big influence for White Stripes and their sound. Oh dude. that Yeah. You can definitely hear that. But I know the Sonic, like the Sonics, I think were most famous for that Contours cover, "Do You Love Me." Oh yeah, yeah, that. And that they kind of gave it that garage rock twist. But at the same time, I mean, that song was kind of rocky in its own way originally. It had its. Well, the Beatles rocked it the fuck out. Yeah. So right, and that's the probably the most popular version now. We should do an episode sometime on episode or episodes, um, songs that started off as an original and their covers became more popular, like oh, all yeah. along the Watchtower. Yeah, or like uh, the fucking Sinead O'Connor Prince. Yeah, nothing compares to you. Shit like that, definitely. There's a lot of them out there too, more than you think. Oh yeah, there's songs that You're like, I still find to this day that yeah. I'm like, that's a fucking cover song. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, weird. Even like I've seen metal bands do it. I've seen not so much hip hop. I don't really see a lot of covers in hip hop now that I think about it. I have definitely a, I have like a cover album. Definitely like nods too. Like I've yeah, heard. Yeah, there's not a, but it's like. But I've never heard a straight up cover that I it's, can think of. It'd be of. weird though, because you'd be. It would. Instead yeah. of singing like a couple of lines, you're spitting like let's say sixteen bars of somebody else's shit. Like yeah. that'd be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess that would be weird. It is kind of. A but I have heard, you know, where they they'll be like, for instance, they'll be like hip hop, hip, and then flow into something else. Yeah, or yeah, whatever. that's what I meant when I've heard nods to. Yeah, like I've heard that'd people utilize other bars that have been used at some point and then kind of incorporated into their song or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I think we're about pretty much good for this one. I never know how to end these shows. Well, you know, we'll do... um, Goodbye. Yeah, it's just like, (laughs) have a nice nice day. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this was just... We just wanted to have a conversation on... It's just some random bullshit. Shit that influence punk music as you know it today i would like to do like a cbgb's fucking episode sometime too with like blondie television talking heads and even the later like oh well then you're getting into like the early hardcore shit yeah yeah yeah. because i i mean they had what thirty thousand bands that played there or whatever insane um even the police played there like that they started playing there early on with talking heads and that which was not a venue that i feel like they should have been like playing at series. yeah it's weird to think of them playing that, that like imagine sting 
standing next to Iggy Pop while he's smacking his dick off a PA. I just couldn't see them being like, oh, this is great. Sting's <laughs> like, a weird motherfucker, though, dude. Is, Him yeah. and his old lady do all this weird tantric sex shit. Uh, well, maybe he would have grabbed... He might have been into it. might have grabbed Iggy's dick and smacked it off the PA for him. I don't know. I don't know. Gross. He would have been singing every move you make. <laughs> <laughs> While he's singing, I want to be your dog. Yeah. Uh, all right. But yeah, Catch as always, uh, thanks for listening. Go on our Instagram, like us, share us, tell your people about us, and we'll see you again in a week. Or you'll hear from us again in a week. We don't really see any of you. Maybe one day. Yeah. But all right. Peace out.